and welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Grant and I'm Partnerships Manager here at Digital Construction Skills. And today it's an absolute privilege to have on the show Liam McAvoy, co-founder of Sustain IQ. We are going to be discussing environmental, social and governance or ESG for short. You know, what do we mean by this and why is it relevant to construction SMEs? And we'll also find out how ESG software can be used to support your construction business. So, Liam, you're very welcome. Thank you, Chris. Delighted to be here. So, shall we begin then just briefly telling people a little bit about yourself and your background and, and Sustain IQ as a company and what led you to creating this solution? Yeah, absolutely. Chris, I started life out um, working in, in uh, waste management and then moved into construction. So, I've been working in sustainability. My background would be environmental. I have a degree in environmental management and the biggest challenge throughout my career had always been capturing the data that I needed to report, be it waste management or greenhouse gas emissions or as sustainability then started to evolve and, and start to include lots of the social aspects, it just became more and more difficult. I spent the majority of my time working with the principal contractors across the UK. We would have been delivering both public and private sector-led projects. So particularly those public sector contracts had lots of sustainability clauses tied up within the contract. So there was lots of reporting that needed. to, And it was just always difficult. It was always a challenge. There was always lots of spreadsheets and a little bit of inconsistency around reporting. So as the years rolled on, I knew there was an easier way of doing it. And I suppose Sustain IQ, our company was kind of born out of that need to find a, a solution to help contractors easily report on, on this stuff. So we, um, Ms. Fund, uh, the other co-founder, we uh, we designed and built and then tested Sustain IQ in 2017, and we went to market in 2018. So Sustain IQ is an EAE and sustainability reporting software solution, and basically we improve how companies, including contractors, report, measure, monitor, and report on their environmental, their economic, and their social performance. What do we mean then by ESG and what do construction companies need to know about it? Sure. I suppose, Chris, first of all, ESG is not uh, a new term. It's been around for a while, particularly within the finance sector, and it was probably born there. But in the last couple of years in particular, it's kind of exploded. So everyone would be familiar with sustainability and the sustainability and ESG while very, very similar, are actually also different. And we did a blog recently on our website, actually. Listeners are welcome to, to check it out. Just discussing sustainability versus ESG, like what, what is, is the difference? So I suppose the ESG is environmental, social governance. And obviously then there's a, a focus there on, on reporting non-financial performance, if you like. And it's looking at the environmental performance of a company. It's looking at the social performance and then how that's linked and tied to the economic performance. They're, how they are looking at the whole government, governance structure of, of, of their organization. Um, and suppose over the last couple of years, it, it has really crept up the agenda. And there, there's a reason, there's a number of reasons for that. There's a number of key drivers, I suppose. There's legal drivers. So on an international level, I suppose the, the Paris Agreement, where a lot of the countries around the world all stepped forward and committed to reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And there's other 
legal drivers there as as well. And then there's there's contract drivers. So again, within the contracts that a lot of the contractors are now tendering for, there's lots of sustainability, there's lots of social clauses they have to then deliver on. More most recently, we're seeing lots of net zero clauses within contracts for example so they need to be able to report back on that as well but then there's also the business drivers which have really crept in in the last uh, 12-18 months and so if we even just look at carbon emissions for example which have they've been monetized and then obviously with the volatility in the energy markets now around the world and the the hike in in price and, and the cost of energy now as well so there's huge business drivers also pushing esg up companies agenda as as well. So there's there's quite a few there's quite a few drivers there that are really pushing it forward and it's it's really starting to come to the fore. I suppose looking at the last 10 years, sustainability was very much viewed on as a nice to have. But the next 10 years it's viewed as a must have. You know, every company, no matter what sector, what size, there, there is a real need now for, for companies to really embrace it and embed processes to allow them to then start reporting on their performance in a very easy way. So then you tell us a little bit about the software then. What does it do and how does yeah. it work? We started in 2017 and the one thing that Maria, who's the other co-founder, and myself wanted to achieve was to build an all-encompassing sustainability DSG reporting platform. So there was lots of standalone apps offering elements of what we did, but we just understood the power of having that that one platform, that all-in-one easy-to-use platform for our customers. So that, that was the starting point. That in itself presented a huge challenge because sustainability is huge. It's vast. And depending on who you talk to within an organization, depending on their role, it means different things to different people. They've all got their own view on it. So there was a big challenge there in order to build a platform that would that would overcome the enormity of that challenge. So how we got around it was by building SustainIQ across four pillars. So the four pillars in the system are responsible procurement, environmental management, health and diversity, and community engagement and partnering. And so of our cost reporting across those four pillars, they've got a pretty good handle on performance. So if we take a little bit of a closer look at each pillar, under responsible procurement there, we're targeting everything around supply chains. We're helping organizations build a more responsible supply chain. We are helping them look at the socioeconomic impact they might have to their procurement choices, in particular local local supply chains and, and all of that, particularly linked to construction projects and power that, that companies have through procurement. We're looking at the content of products and material curing, such as the recycled content. We're looking at plastic packaging or single-use plastics. And we're really arming all of our customers with lots of data that they can then use to open up those conversations they now need to have with their supply chain, be it around reducing packaging, finding alternatives to single-use plastics or whatever that might might be. So we're doing a lot of that, uh, the procurement pillar. Within environmental management, then we, we capture all waste management activity. We help our customers calculate their carbon footprint. We track scope one, scope two, and scope three emissions across the platform. We capture monitor usage and biodiversity and conservation and noise, dust, and vibration. So there's a huge sort of environmental management pillar there as well, which is really helping our customers get a handle on their, their overall performance. 
Our third pillar then is people, health and diversity. So that's us starting to get into social value. And within there, we're looking at apprenticeships, the well-being, investment in training, diversity, inclusivity, all of that good stuff that lots of organizations are heavily investing in. And we're now helping them calculate the impact of all of those investments, particularly people, including their supply chain. And then the fourth pillar there is community engagement and partnering. Customers are tracking their community partners, all of the initiatives that they're doing, volunteering, school engagements, really just examples of, of responsible leadership. And we're able to provide the qualitative and the quantitative. So we've got all of the numbers to back up our performance. But, you know, it's important that we don't lose the value and the impact it's having on people's lives as well. So we're able to, through the platform, provide all of that information to our customers. So data comes in. It's a multi-user, multi-site platform. All of that data comes in from across all these different sites one big smart dashboard. It's a very powerful analytical dashboard that allows our companies to then to drill down into their performance and understand their performance, interrogate the data, and really understand what the data is in them about their performance and about their business. And our goal is to allow our customers to take a more data-driven approach to their sustainability strategy, their ESG strategy, in particular their net zero roadmaps and all of that. And we help them, for example, build carbon inventory so they understand all of their emissions across scope one, two, and three, why they're producing them, where they're producing them, how much they're producing, all of that stuff. And that information then allows our customers to identify that in terms of you know, what they could potentially target first. Within the dashboard, we've got lots of reporting functionality. We've got a reporting library. There's a lot of uh, customized reports in there. We've got lots of reports that are compliant with BIT legislation, such as Streamline Energy Carbon Reporting or with BRIAM or LEED assessments and, and so on. So there's lots of, lots of reporting and we've got an infographic builder. We recognize the importance of the reports to help our customers report on performance very, very quickly. But to, to all stakeholders, but also we wanted to help them share their performance with stakeholders, particularly their own staff, their supply chain, to get buy-in to their strategies and get people involved. Because the way sustainability is evolving, compared to even five or six years ago, there's so many more people now involved, so many more yeah. departments are required to input data, so many more people now need access to, to the data. And so the infographic, it just allows customers to produce infographic reports very quickly, visualize their performance using imagery and so on. And again, sharing that on socials, on their website, internally. And it's really having a, a big impact on engagement and on buy-in from staff, from supply chain and so on as well. Our customers can set their baselines. They can uh, put in targets and objectives, including science-based. And then they can obviously monitoring current performance. So they know where they were, they know where they currently are, and they know where they're going and how they're going to get there. It's all tracked then within that dashboard. So it's really there just to, I suppose, increase the level of transparency our customers have across their across their overall performance. Fantastic, Liam. It sounds very, very comprehensive. I suppose I've been more interested now from a construction SME point of view. What types and sizes of companies do you work with? Because obviously you get quite a lot of, lot of tools in there. You know, is, is it just aimed, Sustain IQ just aimed at large companies or can it be useful for the smaller companies as well? Absolutely, Chris. I think, look, again, looking at the last 10 years, the larger companies adopting more sustainable practices, if you like, or certainly being more active in that space, if you like. But, but the 10 years is very different. It's every company, every size, 
every sector needs to really embrace it and, and get on board with it. So for us, if we look at that sort of whole construction built environment space, we are working with civil contractors, we are working with principal contractors, subcontractors, and with design agencies, and we're working with facilities management. So we're working right across the inner cycle. And our, our customers would be this from the smaller end of the scale, but maybe those involved in public sector works or maybe working for a principal contractor that requires lots of report from them. Mm-hmm. And so an example of that, Chris, recently would be lots of uh, main contractors, for example, are now trying to capture their emission, carbon emissions from their supply chain on site. So what what emissions are their sub- subcontractors, for example, producing on site? So we're able to help with that as well. So no, we're working with small, medium and large. As of uh, this week, we're certainly on over 1,000 sites across the UK. Wow, and Ireland. that's impressive, yeah. Liam. That's, that's really impressive. So... So you, you you must be helping them solve a lot of problems. Then, what problem you you, you talk about carbon emissions? That's probably one of the big ones. So so what what are the types of problems that you're helping them solve? And I think you've probably outlined a lot of that already. But maybe just maybe drill down to more specific uh, to construction SMEs. What pain would you be taking away from them? Yeah, I think I think again, there was lots of lots of problems there that we're that we're trying to solve, and I suppose. The, the big one there would be access to accurate and reliable data. And I think what we find, and again, across all sizes of companies, what we find is that current, if, if, if they're using spreadsheets, you know, a lot of the data might be captured on spreadsheets. Um, it could be quite patchy, not consistent, not very accurate, reliable. It might be living on people's desktops, therefore not shared with a wider organization. And it's siloed. The information is often siloed and it's detached and it's not talking to each other, which is where the real power is. And often it's not even recorded at all, which is which is the biggest problem. So we help them overcome that, providing them with a very simple solution to capture the data they need to capture right across the organization, across all of their projects, all of the departments. And then we, we provide a very simple dashboard that allows them to easily interpret the data, understand what it's telling them, produce the reports that they need to produce and get those off to be it a, a principal contractor or to a client or to a regulator, whoever that might be. And I suppose looking at why they need it, Chris, and, and why these problems now exist for contractors, even just looking at the procurement base, like sustainability and ESG is very much now intertwined within that whole procurement space. So be it a tender or a PQQ, I think on average, and it is on average, you know, it's not every every time, but roughly on average, sustainability related questions can can have a weighting of up to around 20% in within the quality submission of a tender or a PQQ. So there's a real need and you find those bid departments and those bid managers, for example, are quite hungry for this so that they can include them within tender submissions. But if you are then a subcontractor, depending on the work package and, and so on you might be involved in, the principal contractor is now getting uh, a lot more hungry for that type of data too from, from them. So there's more pressure on everyone everyone involved in the whole supply chain to have access to this data within their own organizations so that they can be uh, reported on to whoever needs to get it. And so that accessing that data, and particularly if it's a company that maybe historically hasn't really needed to report on it and looking at, at, at where the data lives, where it's currently at within the organization, and then being able to extract it in a way that is easily to understand and, and easily, easy to report back. It can be difficult and 
Sustainability reporting as a whole can be resource heavy. It can be costly and it can take a lot of time to pull together. So our solution really is about easing all those problems, you know, making it easy to capture the information and and ultimately report on it and taking that, taking all of that pressure and all of those headaches away for, for our customers. Well, one of your clients in Scotland is Heron Brothers. Can you tell us a bit about the, the Dander Hall project and how they've used Sustain IQ on that project, Liam? Yeah, so so Heron Brothers are, are on board and using uh, Sustain IQ now for, for a number of years. The Dander Hall project is Dander Hall School and Community Centre, I believe the Midlothian Council. It was a £60 million project, public sector, so there are lots of sustainability and social clauses wrapped up within that contract. So Heron Brothers had to report back to their client on all of their sustainability performance throughout the entire project. And so they used SustainIQ to do that. In terms of the project itself, it was a state-of-the-art two-story building comprising of a primary school, nursery, a library, leisure centre, cafe, and, and sports pitches. So it was a, a big, a big, big project as well. So Heron Brothers used um, SustainIQ and all four pillars within Sustain IQ to track like local procurement. So they kept a track of, for example, their subcontractors and those subcontractor work packages. And they were looking at how many of those subcontractor work packages were maybe let with a certain distance from the Dander Hall project. So they could report back on local procurement and the impact they were having on the local community through their procurement processes. And they use Sustain IQ to track products and materials coming to site. And, you know, looking at the, the amount of recycled content maybe within them, they use it to track FSC, PEFC timber, all of the sustainable timber and all of the certificates around that. They obviously use the environmental pillar to keep on top of their environmental performance. So tracking all waste management, carbon emissions. So within the environmental management pillar in Sustain IQ, our customers can also use it to track all of their scope one and their scope three transport emissions. And so with Danderhall, um, we used a very simple QR process to track deliveries coming to site so that we could we could easily report back on the, the emissions being generated as a result of those of those deliveries. From a social aspect, they used to CNIQ to track apprenticeship and placement opportunities across the project so that they could report back on social value. They used it to track uh, diversity initiatives delivered in tandem with the project and all of those community initiatives and volunteering and school engagements um, that t- took place throughout the, the project as well. And they also track training, including toolbox talks that were delivered right across the, the project. So that's just a few examples, uh, yes, Chris, sure. of, of how they use Sustain IQ. The project was a BRIAM, a BRIAM project. So there was a BRIAM rating that had to be delivered. I believe it was BRIAM Excellent. And it was registered with Consider Constructor Scheme as well. So again, they were able to use all of the good data they captured in Sustain IQ to satisfy the assessor's visit throughout the, their Constructor Scheme process as well. So in terms of, just to give you a bit of a, an example, maybe of how that project performed from a sustainability perspective. Again, using SustainIQ, they, they built in the targets and objectives that were linked to the contract, so they were able to track performance throughout. I and mean, I believe they achieved around a 98% diversion from landfill for construction stage waste wow. on, on the project. They, they kept on top of all of their biodiversity initiatives and they, they produced a biodiversity log through the system. I think around 67 contractor work packages were were let to Scottish contractors 
And I think there was just over 50% of total solar supply chain, which is, you know, a sizable contribution, if you like, to, to the local, local economy. There was around 1,793 students reached throughout the school engagements. So that's all of the site visits and all of the different schools yeah. and colleges, coming, including Dander Hall elves coming for site visits. So that's a, a big reach across those students, possibly, hopefully, introducing them to construction as a, a possible future career opportunity for, for some of them as well. I think there was a... A number of community initiatives delivered around around 10. I think they had around 940 apprenticeship weeks across the entire project as well. I believe 75% of them apprenticeship weeks uh, were associated with around a foundation level apprenticeship as well. You know, they were getting lots of really good, rich data out of Sustain IQ that they could easily report to their client right through the the, the contract um you know yeah that might, that, that's what that's what's striking me there uh, Liam is that, that that that's they're back they're backing up with data and then and I take it that's then going to even one and more work or actually seeing that you're you're competent in this you know and that's going to take a lot of pain even away from potentially clients who, who are needing the, this reporting to know that they've got that kind of assurance you've been through it before so that must be a, a big advantage to them what what we see there Chris actually uh, to sort of respond to that Typically, what we're seeing coming back from customers in terms of feedback would be the benefits that from using Sustain IQ. So, and you, you hit the nail on the head there. One of them is future work. And so having the data to back up your performance and, and using that to make yourself more front-loading your tender submissions with, with all of this really rich data, backing up that you're doing what you say you're doing, your plan, and also Having a methodology in place to ensure consistent reporting across all of the projects, it gives your clients confidence that you're on top of it. And it provides our customers with an opportunity to step out in front, take the lead, if you like, on different sort of sustainability initiatives. And a lot of their clients are looking for contractors that to step up and, and lead the way. So SustainIQ is definitely helping them become a lot more competitive. The, how, again, having access to, to that data and it's very, very quick through the dashboard text, the data that, that you need, you know, it, it reduces time and it reduces time that is better spent on a project, focused on the project and delivering the project and adding value to their client base. So, you know, it, it's saving huge amounts of time, around 34%, and it's saving our customers money ultimately as well. It's building trust because whenever you're that transparent with your sustainability performance, you are building trust with stakeholders, with staff. You know, a lot of employees now want to work for responsible businesses that are that are aligned with their own kind of vision and sure. values, if you like. And so, you know, being able to kind of showcase your performance in that way helps build trust with staff. It builds trust suppliers. It builds trust with your clients. It builds builds trust with with regulators and it builds trust with the public as well. And then look again, the big one too, is if you've got your data to back up your performance and to back up that you're, you are doing what you say you're doing, you're only reducing risk. You're reducing the risk of non-compliance in legislation, but you're also reducing the risk of greenwashing. And greenwashing is going to become a much bigger thing in the careers. And a lot of companies and organizations run the risk of being called out. And if you've got the data to back up performance, you know, you, you've got the confidence that you've got everything you need to move forward and, and, and know that you, you're on top of your sustainability performance as, as a whole. Liam, maybe just, just when you talk, you, you used the term greenwashing there. Now, yeah. what, could you maybe just, just tell us what, what that essentially means, greenwashing? 
Yeah, I mean, I suppose Chris, the best way would be like a lot of a lot of companies maybe positioning themselves in the marketplace as a very responsible business, a responsible brand, but it might not be one hundred percent truthful. They, you know, and again, if if somebody decides to call that company out on maybe something they're doing is negatively impacting the environment or maybe negatively impacting a community somewhere. And they're maybe called out on that. If you've got, and that, that would be an accusation of greenwashing. And that can have a very negative impact on, on a business, on a business brand and, and, and commercially as well. So it, it's, so it's a reputational risk then as well. It's a reputational risk. It is, it is, Chris, and it's a big risk to to business. And so we would, with all of our customers, particularly their their directors or senior managers, you know, we spend a lot of time with them to make sure that they fully understand their performance and what the data is telling them in Sustain IQ to make sure that that is aligned with their messaging and they understand that the messaging that they may potentially be putting out there about their business is backed up with their actual performance in, in the system. So it gives them confidence that, that they know that they're doing the right thing. They're, they're trying their best, if you like. And they're also learning as they go and they're using the data to help them make those decisions, those informed decisions, particularly around maybe investments and so on going forward. So yeah, it's a, it's a big risk. And it's, it's, it's one that, as you say, in the next few years, unfortunately may, may negatively impact um, some, some businesses, you know? Okay. Well, listen. Just just gives a wee bit, just a couple more questions on on just you know the actual software and and how how, how the the use of the software. Is it easy to use? And is there a lot? Is there a lot of training requirements? You, you've talked about a lot of different elements to the platform. So can you just maybe get, even get started on a small element of it, or or you know what what would be the typical way maybe you bring on somebody on board if you like, or or just give us a bit more of a an idea of how how you know how you, how you might use the platform. Sure. Um, I suppose, yes, the, the, the platform, as I said, was designed over those four pillars. So first of all, whenever we meet with a new customer and we're meeting with the, the key stakeholders, if you like, within that business, everyone has, has now got, uh, within their own role, within their own organization, everyone now has some sort of input to sustainability in some sort of way. So when you're, you're meeting with a new customer, that, those people in the room automatically know which pillar that they fall into, which is great. So if you're in procurement or you're working in the buying department or you're a surveyor, you know that that response procurement pillar is probably going to be your main go-to. Certainly the compliance teams, maybe the site teams, they would have a big input around environmental management. And then maybe HR or the social value teams obviously know that they're going to be busy around the people, health and diversity and the community engagement and partnering pillars as well. So by building it across those four pillars, it's great. It makes it easier to introduce it to a new customer and it, it, it helps them understand where they fit within the whole reporting piece as well. So it alleviates any concerns, you know. But again, because we've designed it across those four pillars, customers have lots of different like subscription models, if you like, in terms of which one they can go for, which suits their business needs. Everyone is at a different stage of their sustainability journey. So, you know, they, they, they may opt to just go for a phased approach which may be just starting with two pillars initially and adding on a third and adding on a fourth. And then look, some other companies, maybe they're, they're at that stage of their journey. They want to go for all four straight away. So there's options there. And we certainly provide a, a phased approach. We've also got within you know our offering a consultancy as well in terms of working very closely with each company, certainly within the first few months 
to embed the platform within the, the organization. On average, on average, I'd say onboarding is around three months. Okay. And we can go faster. We can go faster if the customer wants to, or we can go slower if they want to go at a slower pace. So we're pretty accommodating that way. So every customer gets a customer success manager. They all get implementation trackers with key milestones, agree, go live dates. And we all work together collaboratively towards that go live date so that we can do everything we need to do during the onboarding process. And then once we go live, and that includes all of the training, we provide all of the training, including role-specific training as well. And uh, everyone's ready to go then once we hit go live. It's it's a big day. Everyone's ready to, yeah. to jump straight on and start reporting, you know. So Liam, then what are the key things then should a construction SME business be asking themselves right now if they've been listening to our conversation here uh, in relation to their current ESG performance? Yeah, Chris, I always say to every customer that we meet, to familiarize themselves with the direction of travel be it ESG and sustainability within their sector. So look at the direction of travel, what's happening right here, right now, particularly around net zero, for example, and then look at what does it look like in five years from now and 10 years from now, and how is that going to impact your business? And there will be an impact. Every every business is going to be impacted by this. So I think understanding the impact it, it will have in your business if you do not, which which is which is the wrong thing to do. You need to do something. So I think it's it's familiarizing yourself with all of it. There's lots of noise out there, but just just look at what is specific to your business, to your sector, and try and understand what the impact what the impact might be for for your business. And then I think it's it's to look at well, how do we make a start? Because everyone's going to realize if they haven't started already, they're going to need to make a start. And it's like looking at those key areas, like looking at their energy looking at their emissions, looking at their waste management and so on, and, and looking at where that information currently lives maybe within within the company. And just my one piece of advice to everyone listening is just make a start. No matter how small it is, you might not be ready for Sustain IQ, you might be ready for Sustain IQ, but whatever you do, just start asking questions within your business, start to understand the impact doing nothing might have on your business and then just make a start on re- monitoring, measuring, and reporting your your performance. Once you you start, then it'll, the actual process itself will evolve, and the information that you start to capture will then start to make everyone's life a lot easier. Be it reporting to customers or within tenders or to regulators or whoever that might be. All right, then, Liam. Last question for you. Then, what should yeah. people do next if they want to find out more about Sustain IQ? Yeah, I would I would encourage everyone to jump on our website, Chris, uh, sustainiq.com. And we've loads of case studies up there to showcase how our customers are using SustainIQ across the different projects and the different sectors that they work in, different jurisdictions across the country and, and so on as well. We've got a uh, lot of blogs up there as well. Hopefully, if there's we're trying to tackle as many kind of questions or worries or concerns that businesses might have. So have a look at the blogs and again find out. Hopefully we've we've answered some of your concerns within the blogs as well. All of our contact information is on the website. There's uh, lots of tools and resources. Again, I would encourage people, we've just launched a, a guide, a six-step guide to getting started on your ESG journey. It's a free resource. We encourage everyone to go download that and make use of it. 
And again, everyone is welcome to contact myself, Liam at SustainIQ.com. We're more than happy to, to meet with anyone, no matter your stage, no matter the stage you're at with your sustainability journey. We're more than happy to sit down and have a chat and see if we're able to help get you to the, the next stage. Right, and and, I, and I'll just say a big shout out to some of the webinars that you, you you've you've um, been on in the past as well, and I know they're up and available on, on the cloud somewhere as well. Um, they're very informative, so I would recommend everyone check that out and uh, check check Sustain IQ out. We've been very impressed. I think they're just doing some great work there, Liam. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. That was really really helpful. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Delighted delighted to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Liam. Cheers. Thank you.